Welcome to the More Life Podcast, where creative, problem solvers, and entrepreneurs talk about squeezing more out and finding meaning in this crazy thing we call life. Let's dive in. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the More Life Podcast. I am your host, Bart Aniston, if you are new around here. And if you're liking what you're hearing, if you're browsing around, please subscribe, like the video, hit the notification bell to be notified every time we launch a new video. And you could alternatively, if you're a podcast person listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Okay. This week, I am the guest. This week, we're talking a little bit more about the business personally um, again in, uh, on this episode of the podcast, and it's pretty interesting how some of the stuff um, grows and changes in our business. So for me, myself, you know, the business that we operate here is a marketing agency, and there's some evolutionary things that must happen the more you do this, the more you grow inside of a business. The first thing I would say, uh, or what the topic of this conversation is going to be, is going to be niching down. Um, Niching down is something that I've struggled with for a long time. It's it's definitely part of that evolutionary process of building a business where, you know, a business, the difference between a business and a freelance is, you know, you are removing yourself as the end all be all. A business operates whether somebody goes on vacation or not. Um, whereas freelance, if you don't work, you don't get paid. And we have been steadily growing towards a business model. Um, We've always been a business, but a true, tried, tested, and true business model where we're able to uh, have employees, people on contract, who are all understanding what's going on, and we work towards goals. And I think that's one of the biggest changes that I've had to learn the last maybe six months, even this whole 2021. We've really invested in the company and delivering a better product and how to make that happen. So beginning of 2021, we had um, somebody resign on our team, and I didn't hire right away. Um, I really want to take that moment to pause to see, okay, what was the change? What was the difference? And how can we even more elevate uh, uh, the expectations of what we're delivering and how the business itself is maturing, you know? So we hired a consultancy firm, um, and we'll get to that even further down a little bit, but we hired a consultancy firm to to help us and then started making some different acquisitions to fill those specific needs inside of a business. Employment is very tricky. Like everyone that works in the company is a contracted self-employed person. Um, we don't have any true like employees, like you get a, a pay stub and a T4 and all that kind of stuff. So we, we took the approach of hiring specialized people. And in turns, we ourselves had to become more specialized. Um, we've done so many things within the context of this agency. You know, we've done video production, we've done social media, we've done content, we've done writing. Um, we've done, yeah, like I said, video production was huge at the beginning. And we kind of narrowed down what we wanted to do. Um, and I guess that was like phase one. We are a web a web and branding agency. Um, and it took that took us like two years to figure out that's what we're really good at. And that's what we're really good at delivering on. 
And it took us a while to get there, you know, making lots of mistakes, overextending yourself, doing a little bit of math. You know, you got to kind of uh, write out a little bit of how much time does this take? Am I able to do this effectively, efficiently? What are the revisions? What are the overhead costs? What's my break-even point? You know, how much work do I have to do to actually break even? How, how much can I charge on top to make a profit? It took a while for us to kind of um, get rid of certain aspects of our business, um, like graphic design. We don't just do, like, graphic design anymore. Someone who wants a flyer or somebody who wants, like, uh, uh, I just need a poster made for an event. That's not our vibe. There's not enough money in that, um, just for us anyways. You know, some people could be making lots of money on on Fiverr or, or Upwork doing those kinds of services because you're churning them out at pace, at scale. Um, for us, it really became, you know, our mantra of doing less but doing it better. And we had to make, like I said, a lot of mistakes and overextending ourselves to realize that the, the doing more part really hurt us. And we had to um, do the hard decision of, okay, it's time for us to do less. And then uh, this past year, you know, refining those few things that we really do. And I think it goes back to the process of being gifted versus being disciplined. And, uh, you know, this goes, this is personal for me. It goes back to when I was in school. I was a natural smart person. I was a natural at school, the way the system works, the way teachers taught, all that kind of stuff. It came natural to me, which a lot of times parents are very excited when their kids are naturally gifted at something. The hard part is they don't learn the disciplinary um, factors that are involved. So the trajectory seems like you go like this, but then you level off, whereas somebody else starts slower but learns the discipline and they actually keep going while you have plateaued. What that means for you personally, um, or at least for me personally, is I was very good at a lot of things. I was good at video uh, production. I was good at proposals and pitches. I was good at social media marketing. Um, I, was, I was decent enough at Facebook ads, Google Analytics, graphic design, branding, web design. And what ended up happening is you become the jack of all trades, master of none. You haven't specialized in anything. So we really took some time to kind of, you know, fig- to take those personal characteristics that are mine and take them out of the business. Because we were in a place where we were doing a lot of different things, but nothing was really like our specialized thing. And there was a friction that was happening within the business. There was a friction that was happening like in the sense that there was a lot of work to do. And because there was no system or net to hold it, we were trapped. We were trapped in the, in, in, in the mundane revisions in the, you know, mundane back and forth with clients in trying to solidify what the actual objective is for each product um, that we were offering or each project we were working on. And we didn't lean into the discipline aspect of it. It was all just running off of skill. And there's nothing wrong with skill. There's nothing wrong with having skill. Is when you are naturally skilled at something or naturally gifted at something, you have to ingrain it in your mind that you have to work on the disciplinary side. So me in school, I, I plateaued 
in the middle of high school where I used to be uh, A's and B's and I was getting B's and C's. I was now leveling off and I could no longer reach the next level in certain subjects. And I had to then learn at a, as a teenager and not as a child the practice of, you know, doing the rudimentary work, taking notes properly, practicing or, or, or studying on a regular basis, you know, asking for help, doing the things that students already knew how to do because they were already disciplined enough to know if I want to get the grades, I have to do the work. And your skills and your, your abilities can only take you so far. And I, and I know, you know, some people do very, very well just on skill. But if you don't also put in that work, the people who are less skilled than you, but that put in that work will eventually overtake you. So I didn't want that to happen in the business. And I was seeing those types of personalities happen. I was seeing those types of personalities take place where we were really good at a lot of, a lot of things and it all depended on me and my skills, but there was no system, no net, and nothing that we can do to kind of move forward. Let me know in the comments below if you get what I'm saying, if you've experienced that before where you're really good at something and so you don't practice it. And so people that who don't practice or who do practice but aren't as talented as you are overtake you. And that was, you know, a personal struggle that we saw mirrored inside the business. And the way that we came about to, like, learn how to break that cycle is I had to remove myself from the business for it to grow, which sounds counterintuitive. It sounds crazy. You know, why would I remove myself from the very thing that I'm building? And when you're too close to something, you don't see where the cracks are. You don't see the spelling mistakes. You don't see where the errors are and and we we that's what I was thinking was happening. I'm like, okay, I'm too close to this. I gotta bring some other people in, but I want to make sure that they're set up right. I want to make sure that they're like hired guns. They're specialized in the process of what they're doing. So we hired consultants first. Um, you know, Marquis Murray, who is a guest of the podcast. Um, I believe it's season two. Uh, his company, uh, Ditto, came in with their team and they reviewed a lot of our work. They reviewed a lot of our processes, a lot of our systems, a lot of our um, policies. Um, and they kind of took stock into what we were doing and how we were uh, being able to train people effectively to do the work that, you know, ultimately that I would be selling. Um, and it took a lot of, you know, time up front for us to do that. But in turn, they helped provide some key factors for us, some key metrics that would allow us to, to grow and allow us to scale. We, we, we wrote down every system, every process, every policy, everything that required us to do something. And in that process as well, we also started to talk about what is the core offering and, you know, I, I said this many times, hey, we're a web and branding agency. That's what we're really good at. I'm very proud of the work that we do when we do those types of projects. And even further than that, Marquis pushed me to say, but for which industry? And it's very hard to take your own medicine. You know, I don't know if you guys have ever done this before where you give people advice all the time and it's hard for you to take that same advice when it comes to you and your personal situation. You know, we do a lot of consulting um, on the side as well for businesses. We talk about niching down within their industry and really focusing in that way. But when you're a small business, you know, a, a solopreneur for the most part, 
it's very hard to say no to, to work. And, you know, I preach saying no to work so that you, the good can become great and you select the better option versus the other option um, of lesser work. But we weren't practicing it in this way in our business. So we had to make those, those really, you know, tough decisions and say, okay, we can't just do anybody's website and anybody's brand. Who is this going to be for? How are we going to elevate ourselves in a way that's going to be very specialized? And I, I use that word specifically, elevate. Anybody can do anything, right? But very few people can do few things. If it was easy, anybody could do it. Um, but that's why we're trying to get those better clients, clients that are more suited to the skill sets that we have. So that's where we took that long journey of where do we want to focus on and how are we going to focus on those things? Um, yeah, learning uh, the best types, uh, the best ways of our customers, you know, how they move, how they behave. You got to know which customers and which customers for which industries. The industry of food and beverage and services, um, those customers and those clients, you know, that I might be prospecting will behave much differently than, you know, uh, 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 corporate customers for residential uh, uh, construction. So that, that's where I mean where you got to go even further as to who we're, we're actually looking to do. So this is kind of like what we're doing to help us because we're in the process right now. It's not like I figured this out and I'm, I'm telling you everything like I'm the expert, but this is the process that we're on. You know, building an agency is super complicated. We did a lot of work with Marquis and their team at Ditto. We, in the process as I start to feel more confident that we had good systems and good processes for what we wanted to do and execute, we started doing interview process um, over again to kind of find out who can we hire, who can we bring on our team. We already have a developer. We already have a designer. Or at the time, we only had a designer. We got a developer. Uh, we had a video and an audio person who were on contract just a few hours, helped produce the podcast and some stuff like that. And then we really needed some marketing operations help. We, we, we just needed some people that were specialized and very skilled in certain areas. So we ended up um, picking up a marketing operations administrator, um, which has way more technical skills, you know, our SEO, our analytics, our writing, our research. And we also have a uh, marketing coordinator. Uh, which is like project management and social media and and helping with some of our our branding and marketing strategies for clients. What that did is alleviate, first of all, so much pressure off of me, truthfully. And you know, these these are very very new hires, um, and they're still learning their their onboarding process and all that kind of stuff. But the expectation is that they're going to alleviate a lot of. Uh, additional busy work for me and that way i could focus more on sales so this is like the first thing that we're doing to help um actually niche down taking away all the busy work and focusing on one thing that's like paramount because sometimes you feel busy but you're not being productive and productive i mean is like how many hours am I working and how much money am I generating based on that amount of hours that I'm working? Me, myself, as the agency owner. Sometimes you put in so much hours, so many hours into something, but it's not uh, uh, cash flow positive. Like, 
that's just me doing busy stuff that just needs to get done. And it would have been actually more beneficial for me to focus on closing more deals and allowing somebody and pay them a rate to handle those type of tasks. So we have now the team in place, right? The first step was eliminate the busy work for BART. Um, we decided on the industry that we selected to be in. And now we're going to start the process of doing some of these, you know, case studies, targeted ads, collective team goals. Um, this is where, where we're working as a team right now. So the first thing, like I said, is building case studies. The case studies really, really are going to be like our sales tool. And this is what I'm expecting um, both our marketing coordinator and administrator to help me with building excellent case studies because we've done some great work within, you know, the industry that we're trying to be in. Um, and I want to showcase it well. We're going to change the way we do our portfolio on our website. We're going to have PDF uh, uh, case studies and personalized emails that go out to people that we want to work with and showcase the type of work that we do. All those things together, I think, are going to be like a great first step in the right direction. The next thing is targeted ads. It's crazy, but uh, creative partner the agency have never done ads ever. We've never done boosted posts. We've never done ads. We've been very fortunate to be uh, operating based off word of mouth and networking and, and just more traditional um, uh, uh, prospecting met, you know, ways of getting clients. Um, so we're going to start doing more targeted ads. And part of the reason why we never did targeted ads um, is because we had no target. <laughs> Which is crazy, um, a marketing agency who had no target. And, you know, I, I don't want to beat up on myself too much because when you're trying to pay the bills and you also have employees who are waiting on you, contractors who are waiting also on their checks, you say yes to kind of everything because you're trying to make those ends meet. And, you know, that was good for a season, but for where I believe our work can go and be, we need to have... Um, a more targeted approach for that. So targeted ads was the next step in that process that I believe, you know, we were really going to dive in and put some of our resources there and let the, um, the algorithm work in our favor. The next thing is pretty uh, amazing and probably the most exciting thing in this whole process that we're doing is collective team goals. Now that we have a well-rounded team, which I've never had before. We've had um, contractors who did specific tasks, and I was the only person that could know everything and see the complete purview of something, and I would just assign them a little piece, and they didn't know how it all fit together. Um, now, with a coordinator and an administrator, um, we can have full-on sprint meetings, launch meetings, where we're talking about what the collective goal is for this month or for this quarter, how we're going to execute some of these goals. And it's less silos, which is what was happening before, and more, you know, collaborative. Okay, let's work on this project together, which, again, alleviates a lot of the stress on me to be the only person, the purveyor of, of culture and taste and how we're going to make all this work. And actually, we're going to move it to a place where we work together, we work as a team, and many hands make life light, light work, which we know is true. So then we systemized how we're going to deliver our core offerings. And this is where the team at Ditto 
kind of like catapulted us into the next stratosphere where we have an index of all of our work and how we get it done. We have a way to onboard new members, which is perfectly and perfectly timely based on what was happening in our business. We were hiring new people. How do we grow those people to be more confident in their roles? All these things are so important in how we deliver a better core offering, a better product or service to our customers. And that's also how we uh, decided to, which is the last step here, increase our pricing. And increasing pricing is always like a very interesting, um, you know, approach. Like, what? what huh? You're going to increase your pricing? Too many people, um, they, they consider me to be expensive already. Um, we are raising our prices just because we are so confident that with the investment that we've done in the business and the investment investment we've done in the team, that we're going to start to see uh, even better results for our clients. We now have way more specialized help to help them get the goals that they're trying to reach. And I believe, you know, you have to invest in yourself first and you got to be able to do the math. Don't just pick numbers out of anywhere and say, hey, I just charged 500 for logos because that seems like a good number. What is it worth to you? How much of those do you need to make to make a living? You have to price things according to your skill level, to the position that you're in, to, to, to how you want to make your life come together. For somebody, $500 for a logo can be extremely expensive. For somebody else, 500 logo is like, oh, wow, that's a really good deal. I'll, I'll take 20 of them. You know what I mean? So you have to know who you're actually serving and how you're going to reach them in that way. But that was kind of like how, what, what we were doing, how we were going to make niching down work for us. You know, we, we had to take a long, long road. Most of 2021 was, was this. In, in February, we lost a member, and that's what catapulted a lot of our change. And in March or April, uh, we hired the Ditto team. They came in. The consultant team came in. They worked with us. They helped us. And then by June, I started doing more interviews and hiring. And now we're in July, and we're starting the onboarding process with these team members. And by August, we're going to be writing these case studies. We're going to be having our targeted ads, and we're going to be talking about collective goals as a team um, for Creative Partner to see some of these things evolve and grow and develop. So that's what we're doing. Let's talk about how you can get started on this process as well. What you can do right now to help your business niche down, be laser focused and get better end results. um, The number one thing I would say is decide what you're really good at. Um, I mean, as, as an entity, whether it's freelance or business side hustle or whatever, what are you really good at? Is it sales or or the web like you know we're a web agency so i think in that regard don't think more specifically as you as the person like for me it's closing the deal it's sales that's what my best um contribution to the company is but i'm talking about the entire company what are we really good at and like i said for us it's it's branding and web design that's like our bread and butter um, we offer some additional marketing operations services for our clients of web and brand so that's it. Web and brand, and there's some other things that happen underneath that. And the next thing I would I would kind of suggest that you you do is kind of write out um, 
different industries or look take stock of different industries that you've worked in you know let's say you're a graphic designer have you only done graphic design for sports brands or for uh, food beverage and services uh for retail for for residential what what type of work have you done was it enjoyable could you do this for a long period of time is there a way that you can um you know learn more about that industry is there a pathway to to gaining more authority in that industry? Those are the things that you probably need to start to think about and pick an area, you know, pick something, whether it's going to be, I'm going to do uh, a food and service, you know, I'm going to make websites for restaurants, for pop-up shops, for food trucks. And then you have to immerse yourself in that culture to understand who that is, what that is, how that is. And you got to write out, uh, I guess the first thing is like the customer, right? Lock in who that customer is going to be. Who is your ideal clientele going to be? And those uh, customer profiles are going to be huge. Um, I believe we have one on creativepartner.ca. You can go download it for free, a customer profile. Um, Take the time to like write it all out and, and fill it all in and really do the steps. Take the steps on who they are, what do they like, where do they live, how do they live, how do they commute, what era were they born in, you know, some what nostalgic things can we play upon for this type of customer, what drives them, what what do they hate. Those are the things that you need to know about these personas and so that these com- customer profiles become complete and that you can actually learn a little bit more about them even further because after you have the customer uh, profile done, that's when you can kind of start your marketing research to find out, okay, here's the industry, here's who we're kind of going after, what's already happening in this intersect, and how can I navigate a, a, a differentiating pathway for myself to stand out? Um, a lot of times people do marketing research and they just use it as a tool to find out what works and they just do that. Um, I look at it from the lens that we are looking for the gaps in the market and how we can position ourselves to overtake um, those, those places that are lacking. Um, so don't just look to copy what somebody else has done in, in your marketing. Um, look to find where somebody has not gone the extra mile and provide those things because nobody else is doing it. That's a little free tidbit right there. So lock in on the customer, get your marketing research done, um, and find out how you can get involved in that industry. Okay. This is the part where we're also working on for ourselves. We are finding out ways that, or, or leveraging connections in our case that we can now partner in the industry to gain authority. How do I become a thought leader in this space? So you got to find a way, whether it's networking, whether it's like Facebook groups, whether it's on LinkedIn groups or, or LinkedIn uh, connections that you have, who is in this industry that I'm in that I can leverage those relationships? Um, not in a way that just, just give me what you got, but in a way that, hey, how can I serve this area? I, I'm here to stay. That's kind of my mentality when I think of leveraging industries is, I'm here to stay, so I might as well get comfortable. I might as well get to know who the players are. I might as well get to know uh, um, what's needed. I might as well get to know who the who the important people are and and what's missing in this area. And be somebody who is serving, somebody who is helping. And that way, 
people will start to understand who you are, what you do, and you can start to grow as a thought leader in that space. But if you go in there thinking that you're just going to take, 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 um, you're not going to get very far in your networking, especially within um, a very saturated industry. So that, that's, that's, that's like my whole, you know, five-step plan <laughs> on how to get started on niching down, you know, decide based on your catalog that you have already what it is that you want to focus on and then lock in on the customer, do the marketing research, and then find out how you can also become a member or a thought leader within that industry. And the free tidbit tidbit inside there is don't just copy and paste, look for the gaps and then expand on where or exploit those opportunities um, where nobody is doing the work that you're willing to do. I hope that this has been super helpful for you guys, me opening up a bit more about what we're doing in the agency, how we're running it, how we're making it grow. Um, I'm, I, I can't say this enough. I'm super proud of where we've come in 2021. Um, 2020 was a great, fantastic year, but I don't want to do it again in the sense that I don't want to work that hard for that little of pay. Um, and I say little in quotes for a lot of people, the amount of money that we generated um, as, as revenue for the agency would be a dream. I, I don't want to discredit that, but for us, our, our sites are really much bigger. Um, so for me, I want to have more time with my family. You guys know this is the More Life podcast. I'm trying to build something that lasts for you know uh, uh, generations within my and my family. Um, so I don't want to miss the most important parts of my life. So building a team, removing myself, niching down, being laser focused. Um, that's the only way I, I, I see a pathway to the, pro- the level of profitability that I want to see within this agency. Um, the pandemic times are crazy. I think there's so much opportunity here if you're willing to do the work uh, and we're willing to do the work. You know, a creative partner, we're, we're striving to exceed all expectations of our clients at the same time, produce excellent work that we can represent uh, um the agency on a global stage so that's really what our goal is if if you this has helped you today please give it a like give us a follow uh, five-star review on, on on apple podcast i'm super glad that you guys stuck it through this video and listened to me uh talking about how we're niching down in creative partner check us out bye peace